the first AM Solar podcast. This will hopefully be one of many. The purpose of this podcast is to primarily educate our new employees and uh, people within the company on uh, some of our product lineup, but also serve the purpose of uh, educating our customers and letting our customers know what we're thinking about. Um, be talking about our lithium battery lineup, uh, why we chose the batteries we chose, some of their strengths, some of their limitations. And uh, on this podcast, we have myself, Garrett Town, I'm an electrical engineer. We have Cody Enright. He is a, uh, how would you describe yourself? What do you do around here, Cody? <laughs> I guess a uh, jack of all trades. And uh, Mitch, the man with the mullet and the great ideas. What else do you do besides cut your hair nicely, Mitch? <laughs> well, I guess I'm doing some system design around here. Um, I guess I invent things occasionally. Try to come up with good ideas once in a while. All right. So uh, the first thing, let's talk about our business model and why we choose certain products that we choose. We don't consider ourselves the low cost option. We don't compete on price. We sell systems that are the best. We want people to buy a system from us and five years down the road, think, man, this system is awesome. I want to add on with AM Solar. I want to tell my friends about this and my next rig is also going to be an AM Solar system. Uh, you don't get that kind of uh, you know brand image if you're selling the cheapest stuff out there so we don't sell the cheapest stuff out there we if someone says oh, i got this cheaper battery or this cheaper product why, why don't you do that I'm like well we don't want to because we sell quality products and if we weren't selling quality products uh we would be spending a lot of time supporting customers on the phone rather than helping new customers get the right systems they need because when somebody buys a kit from am solar we support them we make sure that they fully understand how that works and if they have any issues we walk through the issues with them and we fix those issues so we can't be selling garbage if we're doing that and with that in mind uh let's talk about our lithium battery lineup we are currently dealing with three brands, Life Blue, Victron, and Relyon, or Relyon. I'm not sure how they pronounce it, but I'm guessing it's Relyon. Uh, I'm sure someone will correct us eventually if we're wrong. Um, let's start off with Life Blue. Life Blue is kind of our go-to brand. I like using them because they're low cost. They have individual Bluetooth monitoring per battery. So if you've got something weird going on with your system, you can log into the battery's Bluetooth and check the status. They've got all kinds of different uh, things that you can view. You can view state of charge. It's also nice if someone's getting a one battery system they don't need to get the external battery monitor, which might be a Victron BMB712 or Victron Smart Shunt. So that alone saves you a couple hundred bucks. So Life Blue is nice. We sell them in the 100, 200, 300 amp hour varieties. Um, they also have low temp versions of the 100. 200 and 300 amp hour batteries. So basically six different batteries. Um, when you're dealing with Life Blue, you can't mix batteries. So you can't have like a 100 mixed with a 200 or a 300. You got to start off with the same battery. You got to start off with the battery and then keep that battery as you expand your system. Um, another 
a limitation of life blue is that you can only have four batteries in parallel so if you're thinking you might need somewhere between like 400 and 600 amp hours of batteries but you want to start off small i wouldn't recommend uh a 100 amp hour life blue i'd recommend a 200 amp hour life blue which would mean you'd have to expand your system in uh 200 amp hour increments and another thing we really like about the life blue batteries is their low temp feature and cody can you explain how the low temp feature in life blue batteries works and what some of the limitations are sure uh the way that life blue designed their low temp feature was to uh, consider safety measures in place so there's no operator error um, basically the Battery's low temp feature will activate uh, based on internal temperature. Um, I believe that activation point is uh, somewhere around 35 degrees. Uh, Mitch might know the specifics there, but take uh, incoming current, charge current, and use that first to warm the battery up until it reaches the okay to charge threshold, which I believe is around 40 or 45 degrees Fahrenheit. Um, and then it'll allow the charge current to then go into the battery system. Uh, what's nice about this is that there is no uh, concern or possibility for the low temp feature to uh, drain the available capacity in the process of warming the battery just so a charge can be enabled. Yeah, let me jump in here real quick. There's another brand of low temp or heated batteries that requires manual activation and what it does, so you have to turn it on and turn it off. And what it does is it draws stored energy from the battery to heat the battery. And in my mind, the, the purpose of a heated battery or a low temp battery is to get the battery warm enough so that you can put a charge on it. So why would you discharge a battery just so you can put a charge on it? I don't think that that's a very efficient system. That's why I really like Life Blue and uh, Relyon has a similar type of system. So anyway, you were saying, Cody. That's, that's correct. Yeah, the uh, Relyon and the Life Blue low temp features seem to um, follow the same design premise and uh, really takes the risk out of a user, an end user damaging their batteries due to, you know, accidentally enabling the heater and leaving it on for a long period of time. Yeah, Mitch we might like, have more to touch on there. We, we like our customers to just have systems that work. You plug in and it works. You don't have to pretend like you're running a power station while you're out camping. I don't want people to have to think about all the little switches and dials they have to keep an eye on while they're using their RV. I just want them to plug in their devices and forget that they even have a system. Well, one thing to add on there is that the Life Blue batteries low temperature system, it actually uh, will automatically use solar charging energy even when it's below the heater's activation wattage. So it's a 45 watt heater. And it's actually able to charge the battery below 45 watts when it's freezing because the amount of current that's flowing is actually safe to use. And so it's uh, absorbing that energy, heating up the battery, charging it. And once it reaches 45 watts, it goes ahead and activates the charger or uh, heater, excuse me. And then that will run until the temperature is above 35, and then it will begin to charge the battery. So one of the limitations of the Life Blue system is 
you can't use heated batteries where series batteries are required. So if you've got a you know a 24 volt or a 48 volt system, you would not want to use life blue heated batteries. But anytime somebody says I need to use my rig where I go skiing, I need to go uh, or I, I have externally mounted batteries or a bay that's kind of exposed to the elements, we always recommend the, the heated batteries. And these heated batteries, um, they are, um, they're less expensive than the standard batteries from many manufacturers. And if you look online, check out some of the reviews of Life Blue batteries, you're going to see that they are rock solid. We, uh, we've had very few issues with them. And when there is an issue, uh, people at LifeBlue do a good job of taking care of their customers, and we've had we haven't had any problems with them. They they really take good care of their product and their people. Um, the the only downside for LifeBlue is uh, they don't seem to do any marketing, so nobody comes to us saying, "Oh, I really want LifeBlue batteries." Uh, most people don't know what they are, so we have to tell them what life blue battery is where with some other brands people already have an idea because they saw something on instagram or whatever where they're like i want this battery i'm like well yeah but that battery uh may not live up to its actual specifications like the life blue or rely on or victron batteries do. so is there anything else we should add about life blue batteries uh before we move on to victron yeah, I think you pretty well covered it. Uh, you know, the internal shunt based monitoring and access to the internal individual cell chemistry is a really nice feature for troubleshooting. Um, the, the low temp options are great. Uh, the fact that you can't series connect uh, low temps is one of the downfalls to that system. But overall, they're, they're very superior. And I do think that they are very popular in the marine industry. Um, and we kind of started to introduce their popularity in the RV industry. Mm -hmm. Oh, so one thing I'd add is the way we sell these batteries is as a base kit, which includes a Victron BMV 712, or you can swap that out for a Victron Smart Shunt, even though the batteries have a built-in monitor. And then we sell add-on kits, which include the battery with parallel cables. And the reason we include the BMV 712 or Smart Shunt is in case someone has uh, – like a Victron color control GX monitor or a Serbo, we want to be able to talk to the battery bank with that device. And that device isn't going to be able to communicate with the Bluetooth uh, feature of the Life Blue battery. So we need to add that external monitor. But And it also shows cumulative battery bank status. Uh, if you've got like three batteries in your system, you don't want to have to log into all three batteries, even though they'd probably be all about the same. You want to see a cumulative display of what's going on in the battery bank. Yeah, um, you know, touching on that actually reminds me of Life Blue's BMS design. Um, their Model 3 is now coming with CAN bus interface. And I believe the direction they're taking their system is to have an external uh, CAN bus interface where uh, all their batteries will talk to one unit and that unit can be uh, integrated into like a GX device system. So you don't need the battery monitor anymore. Um, you know, that's technology that has yet to uh, hit the surface, but they're, they're prepping their batteries to move in that direction, which is pretty cool. Yeah, we're going to be watching that closely, and if we can save our customers money on battery monitors that they don't need, we certainly will. So um, 
let's talk about uh, Victron batteries. Um, I like Victron because we sell a lot of Victron products. We sell their charge controllers, their battery monitors, their inverters, battery protects, all kinds of things. So uh, if you're the kind of customer that if you want a system that uh, is everything under one brand, so if something goes wrong, you don't have like the inverter company blaming the battery company, uh, the charge controller blaming the inverter, whatever, uh, you'll have one throat to choke, as they say, if you get everything under that one brand. Um, if you buy from AM Solar, that really isn't an issue because we take care of that kind of stuff. But uh, some people, you know, like that added security. And on top of that, Victron is just super solid. They make great products. They give great warranty support. They take care of their customers. And we understand their products very well. Um, one thing that I, th I think the Victron brand appeals to is um, uh, installers or upfitters that have a little bit more skill than your typical DIY customer or uh, some of their competition. Uh, there's a steep learning curve with Victron products. And if you can master that learning curve, it's going to look pretty sharp on your install. So if you want, if you're say you're like a van upfitter and you want to have a system that looks different than all the competitors and you could tell it's very nice, you want to set yourself apart, you'll use Victron. Uh, an advantage of Victron is the volume of their batteries, like their 200 amp hour battery is going to be about the same size as a competitor's 100 amp hour battery. And that's a big deal when you're working on uh, like a tight van or maybe a road trek or something uh, or an airstream where you need to really worry about tongue weight or uh, how weight's distributed um, along the axle. So. We do a lot of Victron stuff. Victron is also very nice when we have to deal with 24-volt systems. Um, it's not the cheapest option, but um, it's very rare that there are any issues with Victron batteries. Uh, when you're dealing with a 12-volt system, you can only have four batteries in the BMS. Um, so we usually... We pretty much only do the 200 amp hour batteries because that's their most compact one. But I believe they're coming out with a new battery. What were you saying that was, Cody? Is like a 310 amp hour I it, battery? I think it's 360 or 333 or something like that. Okay, yeah. yeah. So that's, that's that's about to come out, and that's supposed to be a very compact battery. So that's going to be a game changer. That's going to be very popular with Airstreams and fifth wheels, I think. Yeah, there, the number of batteries you can put in a system is a little funny. If you do 12-volt batteries in series, you can do up to eight of them. But if you do their 24-volt batteries, which are the most size-efficient and weight-efficient, you can only do four of them. But that still gives you 800 amp-hours at 24 volts, which is a pretty beastly system. I mean, one thing I wanted to mention about uh, I think we're, lithium batteries I think we're good. We no one's come and asked me for more. An external BMS, but I do think which we're out of the copies now. The battery are, yeah. controlled externally yeah um where most batteries so, you know like like blue and all the other what we call drop-in batteries okay. are internal cool. bms batteries and the, the main difference is Thanks. that uh, internal controls allow each battery to turn off and on individually so if you have a group of life blues and they get into a condition where they need to shut down from cold weather or over discharge they're going to do that independently leaving um the last two or one batteries to kind of deal with the, the brunt of the system um ultimately then shutting itself down 
for one reason or another, maybe an overload or also um, meeting the same conditions that the other batteries met. The external lithium batteries like Victron are all going to be controlled simultaneously. And so the advantage to that is that you can build higher current systems without the risk of overloading a single battery. If, um, if the Victron lithium batteries have any issues, they will shut down the master contactor or you know, they can actually speak directly to the Victron inverter ask it, hey, you know what, stop charging or charge a little bit lower because this we need to balance out the cells. So I really like the the robustness of the uh, Victron lithium system as compared to the other ones. Oh, uh, one thing I want to clarify, Mitch, I, I think you said eight batteries in series is allowed on the BMS, eight 12 oh, volt batteries. I'm sorry. Yeah, I meant to say, uh, yeah. so basically if you use 12 volt batteries, uh, Victron lithium batteries in a 24 volt configuration, so you're seriesing them into yeah, series pairs. pairs. My apologies. Yeah. yeah, thank you for that correction. So in a 24-volt system, you can have eight batteries if they're 12-volt series pairs batteries. In a 12-volt system, you can have four batteries with them all in parallel. Um, in a 24-volt system, I believe you're limited to four 24-volt batteries also. So uh, it's another thing to think about. Um, and then, of course, you need to keep all your batteries the same uh, amp-hour rating in order for them to work together. And these batteries... They're connected by what uh, Victron calls an M8 cable, and that cable basically communicates with each individual battery and then links all of that to what uh, a, a BMS. Uh, they have a couple different models, but the one we use most is the VE.bus BMS, and the output of that is a load disconnect and a charge disconnect. And Mitch, correct me if I'm wrong, but the the signals that go through those M8 cables are detecting whether the batteries are too low in voltage or too high in voltage or out of range in temperature. And based on that, it determines whether loads should be disconnected or charging sources should be disconnected. Is that correct? Yeah, exactly. Essentially, um, it's a two-signal BMS, so there's actually three connections inside the M8 cables, but only two of them are being used. You've got a charge disconnect, a load disconnect, and whatever conditions any one battery uh, meets, like let's say you have a low voltage of one cell in one of the batteries, it's going to um, disconnect the allow to a discharge signal, which is going to turn all the loads off for the whole system, and vice versa for charging. Okay, Cody just confirmed you can have a maximum of five batteries, not four batteries. So, uh, well, I think they, yeah, they say four is recommended, but five does work. They, they yeah. caution you about five. So it, it's kind of, um, it, yeah, I think the, the voltage bit. signal gets a little bit low on there and it's not quite as solid as it used to be. But, uh, anyway, if a customer's really confused about this, they can message us and we'll design their system and get them something that works. So uh, sorry for the mixed messages on our first podcast here. Um, let's see. Is there anything else? Oh, so Victron, uh, as far as heated batteries, they don't have any options, uh, but some people need to, you know, if they want heated, they would probably get an external heating pad and just put that under the batteries, like what you do with an aquarium or something that just be manually activated. Those have been kind of popular. Um, yeah, that's a good thing to touch on because there is a way that one could enable a heated feature externally for the batteries. But um, we've actually had a couple of uh, dealers who did such thing and they bypassed their low disconnect with that heated battery. So if you don't set it up correctly, it is possible you're creating a potential 
uh, parasitic draw that could could damage the batteries. So if you are going to do an external heating on the Victrons, you want to make sure that you get it wired up correctly to be cut out when the load disconnect is enabled. Yeah, I would say that uh, th that functions much like those other batteries where you have to manually control a switch. You know, if, if you were to power a heater directly off the load disconnect, you have the potential of walking away and, and having that discharge your batteries. So you just want to make sure that you're monitoring that or that you've got a good charging source to keep up with it. Yeah. It's not ideal, but it's definitely doable. So just to clarify for people listening here, um, lithium batteries don't necessarily do poorly in cold environments. You just can't charge a lithium battery when it's below freezing. Um, and you can put a little bit of a current on it when it's maybe like 25 degrees Fahrenheit. It, you know, there's, there's some wiggle room on that, but basically don't charge a lithium battery below freezing. And also lithium batteries don't do very well long-term if they're stored below negative 10 or negative five, something in that area degrees Fahrenheit. So uh, the, the reason for a heater is just to get the battery warm enough to put current on it, to charge it. It's, typically not something that you would use to heat the battery while it's in storage to prevent it from getting below negative 10 degrees Fahrenheit. If you're in that kind of situation, you need to take your batteries out, move them inside a house or something while your rig's in storage. And also, you got to really think about these heated batteries getting below freezing. If they're in an area where they could be doing that, you also need to be thinking about your plumbing. Like if, if your whole inside of your rig is freezing and you've got plumbing, I think the plumbing is going to be a bigger headache than batteries that won't accept a charge. So I don't think people should worry too much about that. Um, just you can discharge the batteries fine. You just can't charge them. And something I want to touch on that's a little less known um, is that when you um, when you're operating batteries in high temperatures, you also have some limitations. And lithium doesn't necessarily take massive damage from this, but it's been shown in many lab tests that if you operate your lithium batteries above 110 degrees um, and even more so above like 115 degrees Fahrenheit, you're going to start to run into degradation of the cells. So um, this isn't as known as the cold weather protection because the the detriment from charging during freezing conditions is, is way worse, but um, just the same, you don't want to operate the batteries at too high of a temperature. So you want to make sure that they've got a nice environment that's not going to be too hot. And we like to locate the inverters um, apart from the batteries or a little ways away from them if possible, just so you're not pumping heat right onto the batteries, which is ultimately yeah. going to shorten and, the life. And by a little ways away, you mean like maybe a foot or two, not on the other side of the rig. Like you need to have your cables within probably a 10-foot cable run at the most because that's going to be high current, maybe 400 amps at peak running to your inverters. You need to keep that run kind of short, but you don't want the inverter heating up your batteries. And additionally, last week I was talking to a customer that wanted to, a van and they've got – say I got this spot in my van. Um, in the engine compartment where I could put two lithium batteries like ah you better not go with lithium then because that is going to be too hot for lithium so never put lithium batteries in the engine compartment yeah yeah and just just to touch on temperature related conversation here uh, in practical use most of our applications we end up relocating the battery system to a more temperate climate zone in general just because the customer wants more capacity than could fit anywhere else so 
just by relocation, we've mediated a lot of the cold and hot temperature concerns uh, because most customers are not going to be comfortable living in those same conditions. So it's usually not a major issue. Yeah, lithium batteries usually go under a bed or a bench, not in an external bay. Exactly. Yeah. But they can. And yeah, and Garrett, as you were saying, that the cables of the inverter should be pretty nice and short. One way we like to get around that is to actually build a little wall between the two. So we kind of divide the batteries from the inverter. And then we always add um, an auxiliary cooling fan, um, which is a cool feature you have with Victron inverters is that you can actually add external controls and, and use things like the fan to control an external fan. So it runs whenever the internal fan's working. And that'll just really help to cool things down. So one little tip to keep the batteries from getting too hot. Mm -hmm. Um, is there anything else we need to talk about in regard to Victron lithium batteries? Um, I may have missed it, but did we talk about the smart interface where you're able to really, uh, see the individual cell chemistries, uh, in the Victron batteries? Oh yeah. Victron batteries, uh, they have a Bluetooth that you can log into, to check on the status of the cells of the batteries. And that's an important feature for troubleshooting just to eliminate the battery as the source of the problem. If, um, I haven't used that too much, but maybe you guys have some experience with that. Yeah, tech supports relied on that quite a few times. Um, so that's really a nice comparable feature to the LifeBlue internal cell monitoring as well. Um, Mitch might have more to touch on there, but that's handy to have when you're trying to figure out what's going on. Yeah, it immediately um, tells you if there's an imbalance issue with the cells, uh, gives you the temperature. It doesn't do an internal battery monitor, so you don't get a state of charge reading, but the, the intention is that you're going to hook up an external one. And uh, generally with Victron, you're going to have something like the Servo with the Touch 50 display monitor in which you can basically see all the components in the system in one location, including the battery monitor. Um, so, yeah. Okay. So uh, let's move on to Relyon. Um, I'm pretty sure that's how it's pronounced. Some people might call it Relyon or Relyon, but I'm going to say Relyon. Um, they're a new product for us. We're probably going to carry about five different models of their batteries. Um, one thing that I uh, that really stood out for me in their specifications is that they have a model that can discharge a 100 amp hour battery that can discharge 100 or 800 amps. That is a big deal. Two of these batteries could support a 3000 watt inverter where uh, most um, lithium batteries that re require 300 amp hours to support a 3000 volt amp inverter. Yeah. Um, I like rely on they they seem to meet their specifications that they advertise uh, you can have unlimited batteries in a parallel connection uh, I don't foresee any supply challenges with them um, they're going to be able to get batteries shipped to customers very quickly um, they're they're a little more expensive than life blue um, but you're paying for a little bit different performance, uh, the higher output capacity and their charging capacity. So a 100 amp hour battery, it's ideally you put about five to 50 amps of charge current, but it can surge up to 100 amps. And I think this is important if you have um, if you're using a like a Victron Cirix battery combiner for alternator charging where it's just a direct connection to your alternator. 
normally I wouldn't do less than three 100 amp hour batteries from most suppliers, but I think with these rely on batteries, we can get away with a two battery system with the high current alternator charging. And with some models, we can have two batteries with the 3000 volt amp inverter. Yeah, the Reliant looks very promising. They've got a lot of different model options, uh, both in the way of 12 volt, um, you know, drop-ins. They've also got 24 volt and 48 volt systems that we're looking forward to uh, playing around with in the future. But one thing that uh, stands out to me with Reliant is their ability to orient in any direction. Um, so you can really kind of customize how your battery system is. You don't have to, you know, keep them upright. And I believe they are marine rated as well. So Life Blue and Victron batteries have to be mounted with the terminals up, but Relyon can be mounted on their sides? That's correct. Okay, that's a good feature. Okay. Um, is there anything else on Relyon? I, it's kind of a new product. We're going to be selling them similar to how we sell Life Blue batteries, which will be a base kit with a battery monitor and then add-on kits that have parallel cables. We'll be selling the... Uh, about two versions, no, three versions of their 100 amp hour uh, batteries, and then a 200 amp hour battery, and then two 300 amp hour batteries. They make 100 amp hour and 300 amp hour batteries in a low temp variety with a system that works pretty similar to how Life Blue's system works. Uh, Relyon does not have uh, Bluetooth, so they would definitely have to be combined with a. Um, BMB 712 or Victron Smart Shunt. Um, all three of the brands that we're talking at about right now, Life Blue, Victron, and Relyon, have a 10 year warranty. Um, everybody we've talked to at these companies seems to be eager to support customers and honor warranty claims. So I think that was a pretty thorough covering of the three major brands that we are currently dealing with. Uh, the technology changes all the time. Supply chains changes all the time. Um, we might be looking at some other brands in the future. One of the brands that I'm keeping an eye on is Xbeon 360. I think good things are going to come from that company. I'm going to watch them closely. Um, we're coming up on our half hour time limit here so i'm going to wrap this up and uh, this will be the end of the episode if you have any other ideas for topics you'd like us to cover just send us an email info at amsolar.com and maybe we'll squeeze it in thank you